Before we begin, please refer to the disclaimer and link in the podcast notes, and note that all opinions expressed in this podcast are intended for informational purposes only and should not be treated as investment or financial advice. Welcome back to another episode of our Mining Store Update with uh, a new face on the Mining Store side, Taylor, for our what, geez, December version of our monthly yeah. uh, mining update, man. So, Tyler, welcome to the channel. Cheers. Thanks for having me. It's good to, good to come on. Uh, mate, I wanted to jump straight into some news that I've been seeing recently just around, obviously, with the Bitcoin price down at around, currently at the time of recording, around 16500 USD. Some of the biggest miners are uh, coming out saying they are pretty short on cash. A lot of them are in the negative. What's your sort of take on this? Can you just dumb it down for us with, you know, from a miner's perspective, some of these bigger institutions with the Bitcoin price at this level, what it means for them in terms of them producing the Bitcoin, them selling at a loss and just sort of the macro impact this might have on the market? Yeah, of course. I guess it sort of comes down to two different scenarios. And like, obviously, you're right before in the sense of retail investors, but then also the larger capital investment firms that have been, you know, pushing money in for the last, you know, 10, 12 months into mining, their figures were done, you know, off BTC at its highest point. So when BTC is, you know, at a record low over the last two to three years, as well as the hash rate going through the roof, it just applies a lot of pressure in the sense of their their energy consumption versus their profitability. So, you know, a lot of a lot of miners, you know, two years old are in the red now. So it means if they don't have significant backing, whatever they're selling in the sense of their BTC, they're not breaking even. So it's putting a lot of pressure onto retail investors, particularly if they haven't necessarily set up a strategy for the long-term vision in the sense of you know paying their power bill out of pocket or relying on the BTC they mine to cover that cost. You know, that the stress is starting to overload. You know, there's only so many months you can go at a loss. And I think, you know, a lot of investors over the last sort of six months have been feeling that pinch. And that's obviously mm-hmm. transgressing further and further. Um I think it's I think it's important to sort of look, you know, it's it's the the cliche saying in the sense of BTC zoom out, right? But when it comes to mining, the the strategy hasn't changed. You know, everyone talks about when they get into mining, you mine for, you know, a period, you know, the life cycle of the miner, if not a halving cycle. So realistically, yes, it's hurting at the moment. Do I think it's gonna last a long time? No. So, you know, if you can if you can find a way to make it work for 12 months, if that, if that means turning the miner off, if that means, you know, subsidizing it another way, that's, I guess, the, the strategy that a lot of our clients are sort of figuring out at the moment, um, mm-hmm. just to try and obviously make ends meet, but obviously make sure that they're not, you know, treading water. You know, you don't want to sell everything you mine because it's just, it's just, just sitting, sitting stagnant. So I guess on the retail side, are you seeing retail investors tend to hold their Bitcoin. I assume a lot of the retail investors, like you're mining Bitcoin to, to stack sats, right? Like you want to build that portfolio. Yeah. What about the bigger guys, like seeing these guys that are really, you know, when you're producing, you know, I saw one come, I can't remember off the top of my head, was, you know, record sort of quarter losses somewhere in the you know tens or hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars, probably venture backed. What's the, that strategy for them? Because obviously I was reading this morning, we're at the second largest crypto bear market ever. We've passed yeah. to the 2018 crypto winter. During that time, did a lot of those miners just run into the negative until the market returns? Do they turn off their, yeah. you know, their their actual mining? How does that sort of work? I guess there are two different strategies now based off different timelines. Like 2018, miners were a lot less power draw to a degree. And, and I guess depending on your age of machinery, the efficiency is a different ballgame. 
a lot of miners nowadays, a lot of you know bigger firms that got in over the last 12, 24 months, their machinery is a lot more efficient. So the pinch is probably a little bit smaller. Um, and there's different strategies they can use to try and and cover that cost. But there's obviously got to be a point where, you know, they're losing too much. The board's going to be unhappy. You know, they're not making enough profit. We've seen that with, um, you know, Core Scientific going bust essentially. So there's mm. obviously be going to be a point where, you know, the hash rate has come down in the last 24, 48 hours quite considerably. So I do see there being a bit of a cliff that we jump off in the sense of the hash rate because a lot of companies will be turning off or they'll be on selling their equipment at cheap. And to be fair, you can find very cheap secondhand machinery that you know, personally you, I wouldn't go near, but you can find it. You know, we're talking mm. $10, $15 a terahash, which is unseen. So mm. it's just put pressure all over them. So do you want to dive into a little bit more around the hash rate and what that impact mm. is right now? We've seen hash rates sort of drop off. What that means to the market and maybe you know miners specifically? Yeah, of course. So I guess realistically, the hash rate and the and the BTC price has always somewhat moved in a parallel. And I guess that diverged early this year in the sense of BTC going down, but mining hash rate going up. And I guess to be fair, that's probably a culmination of of you know the previous bull run and people purchasing machines and they're having to be a wait. You know, we had unexpected wait times of you know three to four months on machinery just with shipping logistics going through COVID as well as obviously manufacturing holdups with chips and whatnot so that divergence didn't help because it meant that BTC you know went down from 60 odd thousand US to 40 then down to 20 now obviously down to 16 and the hash rate continued to rise which put a lot of pressure on miners because it meant that your your daily revenue in the sense of BTC Satoshi's mind plummeted because more and more Mm. people mining equals less that has changed now and that's probably because of the last few months you know less minor sales less people joining more people turning off etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think this latest drop when we went from you know 20 or thousand down to 16 and a half that that pushed a lot of people into the red and not by you know not by 10 20 cents a day but a few dollars so that that mm-hmm. is sort of where the real pinch hurts and i guess that sort of is where uh, I guess someone who's in the industry looks at that as, as a slight positive just because it means that we're getting to that point of, of capitulation, you know, a slight turn in the market, which is a good thing. It, it presents opportunities as much as, you know, the, the crypto industry at the moment is a bit doom and gloom and, you know, B2C price falling, et cetera. Someone who's been through multiple cycles, someone that's been in this industry for a while looks at that as an opportunity. And, you know, there's positive in that for sure. So are you seeing like now when Bitcoin prices down, hash rates down, it's actually for those people that can stomach not having to sell your BTC and maybe run at a loss in terms of, you know, the production output is actually a positive. Just like, you know, investing into a bear market as a normal investor. If you invest into a miner right now with lower hash rates, you're getting rewarded more. As long as you can stomach the, the loss on the, the energy costs, yeah. it's actually a positive. Yeah, to a degree. I think it depends on where where your profitability lie. Like if you're talking, you know, you've got someone who's on an older gen machine that's sort of 70 to 60 terahash or lower, that's going to be a really hard pinch. But if you're talking, you know, you're on a newer newer gen that's, that's still profitable, like a Hydro or an XP or something like that, this is this is a slight gold rush because it means you're accumulating more during this period, which, you know, you've already put the outlay. So the, the, the power costs are covered. You're just pulling in more. So, yeah, it's a benefit for sure. And just stepping back even outside of the mining angle for a second, mm-hmm. more, more Bitcoin, what does it mean for the Bitcoin network as a whole when ash, hash rate drops? Does that mean 
that the blockchain is becoming a little bit more centralized? Maybe it's like less mining. Does you know, does the fees increase? Is there any, from an investor perspective, is there any other sort of things that they need to be aware of when hash rate drops? Not, not hugely. I think realistically, it just means that you're able to. To, to understand a little bit more about it as a whole, like realistically, when mining hash rate drops, it does mean that there's a capitulation going. So you mm-hmm. can somewhat, but by understanding the project itself, its tokenomics, the way it works, e.g., you know, Lightning Network, you can then understand on how to safely enter or exit. You know, mm-hmm. like a, a lot of people look at, um, you know, the RSI as well as, you know, where the DXY falls to somewhat monitor where BTC goes. I think mining hash rate really has does paint a somewhat clear picture when you line it up with BTC's chart. You can look at the timeframes and you can see when there's a drop in the hash rate, realistically that's signaling somewhat of a capitulation and allowing you a point to somewhat estimate as to where you should enter. So, yeah, I think it, it provides a little bit of clarity, but in the sense of information about where BTC is or what it's doing, not necessarily. Okay, right, cool. And um, you mentioned just before we got on that there's a few strategies you and the guys are working on at the moment to, to maybe navigate um, sort of the market conditions right now. You want to maybe walk us through those? Yeah, I, I guess something that's sort of come up in the last, like I guess it comes back to, you know, circa 2016, 15, 17 area when the the rage was indirectly mining BTC. And, you know, that was back when ETH miners didn't really know what Ethereum was going to do. So they would mine ETH and switch it straight over into BTC or just like FPGA miners, uh, same thing, you know. So the new strategy that's somewhat coming out to a degree is, you know, the new profitable miners that are coming out, e.g. KA3, the K7, um, even, you know, L7s and things like that, they're, they're making huge profits at the moment. So, you know, realistically, you know, we're talking 50 to $30 a day in profit. So decent margins. Yes, they're mining, you know, let's take the K7 for an example, they're mining Nervos, which necessarily isn't exactly a, a top tier coin, you know, it's, it's sitting at about 0.002 at the moment. So by by mining that and selling into BTC, you're, obviously, you're making more money than you would be using a BTC miner, but it gives you also the opportunity to, to get in at a cheaper price because the machinery is cheaper, um, get a decent ROI, but also have the stability of using it to then buy BTC. So you're not as risk adverse in the sense of holding onto CKB for 10, 12 months and hoping it goes up. You can siphon a portion over. We're doing it with clients with KA3s, mining Kadena. You know, cycle over 75% of your profits into BTC every month. And then, you know, the 25% that you hold into KDA, you can then get the uprise on that when it goes up. In the last 24 hours alone, it's gone up, you know, 15%. So there's huge gains to be made by looking at it from a different lens. And can you reuse those machineries into, let's say, those tokens for whatever reason go goes tits out? Um, can you reuse those machines back into, like a you know, Bitcoin mining, for example? No. So th- those two particular machines are the newest reiteration from Bitmain, and Bitmain is trying to focus on mining, you know, a particular token with a particular machine, so that I guess there's somewhat of less usability in the long term. Kadena, where we we've done a lot of research into it, we've done podcasts, we've we've looked into it quite extensively, purely just because it does have quite a decent history. You know, it is obviously a relatively new coin. It was founded in 2020. You know, the two founders behind it, one used to work at the SEC, um, and the other one was a was an analyst at um, JP Morgan. So there's there's quite a bit of of credibility behind it. CKB has been around for quite some time, so it, it's sort of gone through tried and tested. To a degree. Yeah, I think it's important for new people coming to mining. I I don't know what your thoughts are, Taylor. I'd probably mm. recommend maybe 
maybe starting out with Bitcoin, especially if you don't have a crypto portfolio to, to definitely yeah. mine it with those Bitcoins. But if, I think what Taylor's walking through now is a bit more of some advanced strategies you can think of, especially if the capital behind it. I wouldn't recommend maybe yeah. if you only have 10 grand or whatever it is to buy these machines oh, to go out and do no. that. Probably starting yeah. off with your Bitcoin stack first. But yeah, I think there's some interesting strategies you can try out if you've got a bigger portfolio. 100%, yeah. This is sort of something we'd be advising to people that have got a decent-sized portfolio, sort of like five-plus miners that you yeah. know they're necessarily feeling the pinch, looking for something, some variety. But if you're gotcha. looking to get into the market, definitely be looking at you know an S19 as a good first step in, even an XP or a Hydro, something like that. Just some security awesome. behind it. And anything else market-wise you're seeing, um, obviously, you know, just going back to where we were saying at the start, hash rate sometimes is a good mm-hmm. um, indicator of you know capitulation. We've seen all sorts of stuff going on. I'm not sure if like the FTX yeah. stuff necessarily impacts miners too much, but any any sort of general thoughts around the market where we might see next year take us? Yeah, I think I think FTX sort of just puts a bit of a cloud on everything. You know, I necessarily wouldn't say it, it determines mining too much, but I think it definitely would have impacted people if they had their their mining into uh, FTX, which we wouldn't advise. But hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I think I think realistically, the data that's come out prior to the Black Swan event realistically was quite quite positive. So I think you know once we get past this sort of murky period of, of uncertainty and FUD, I think we might find some 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 stable ground. I think realistically, a, a goal for Feb next year would be sort of around that 30k USD if we can have some positive data, some. Some tapering off from Fed rates that'll that'll help quite a lot, um, and then I think realistically going into the next halving, sort of late next year, will be where we'll find the most clarity. I think really awesome, man. That's been that's been helpful. Anything else you wanted to cover uh, in the in the month's update? No, I just think if anyone's looking to get into to mining, obviously reach out to us. We're we're not necessarily someone that's like you've got to call us to to buy a miner. We're we're happy to discuss. Um, what's going on and, and sort of make, you know, I guess advice on, on why, where we see your position. So if you're looking to to chat about anything, feel free to, to reach out. Um, we also got a lot of educational content as well, particularly a new DeFi course that we're launching uh, next week. So something something for everyone is sort of our game. Brilliant. Um, and we've got a little discount code there for anyone interested. Um, it's a referral link in our um, description below. But um, Tyler, thanks for coming on, man. Now the first episode. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next month. Awesome, mate. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Cheers, guys.